0: Hey there, everyone! It's Justin Stapleton. We are here with the soon-to-be named podcast. We've got a uh, great one today, getting ready for the Fourth of July, and uh, we've got a lot on our Fourth of July plate here as well. We are here with Dusty Norman. She is one of the, we'll call her the the Queens of Barbecue across Southeast Texas. Here, uh, <laughs> she and her husband uh, are part of a grilling group with the Rodeo Cook-Off. If you are new to Houston or new to the area and you've not heard what the Rodeo Cook-Off is, shame on you. Uh, you should head to Rodeo Cook-Off. Uh, it is one of the better events, I think, that I've, I've, I've ever been to in my travels across the United States here as well. Uh, and I'll make sure that we've got more information on that on the uh, podcast and click to Houston.com uh, if you want more on that. But first, Dusty, welcome. Thank Thanks you. Thank you. So let's start with the, the basics here. Um, how did you and your husband get involved in cooking for a team? For those that don't know what barbecue cook-off is, it's basically a three-day cook-off, literally cooking against other teams yes. uh, for a competition uh, that's done by the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo Committee. Um, the cook-off division, basically, yes. is the way it yes. is. How did you guys get involved in that to something that you thought, you know what? we're gonna put a team together and we're gonna go ahead and compete and we're talking about competition here not just against other local southeast texans but worldwide right at this point
1: right well we actually um the team belongs to my uncle and aunt um they um janet and steve downey they live in canyon lake texas but they are both originally from the houston area um our Team originated before they actually even met. It was Stephen's brother's team. And so they started doing cook-offs years ago. And Billy and I just, um, we would originally come to just visit and have fun because that's what it is. Yes, you're cooking for competition, but it's one big party. It is a as massive you party. For <laughs> those
0: that have not been there, it is a sight to behold. Yes.
1: Yeah. So we originally, the first year we came, we just came to visit, and by the time we left here, Billy was convinced that this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a part of the team the following year, so um, the next year, we came back, and we were actually working, and so um, it, it that's really how we got involved, because it was a family team, and we've just remained there, and we continue to work and um, love what we do. We are just really... We have a few of us that are actually blood related, but then we have so many of us that aren't. But we're just one big family. We say like
0: a cook family. Almost. Absolutely,
1: and so we have, you know, we have new members. Um, in the last couple of years, we've had some new people come on, and we've had some people leave, and um, our team just keeps growing. And the main one that we do is Houston, but there is also um, one in Canyon Lake that we do, and we've kind of, you know, we've kind of cut back a lot just as the years have gone on because it's so much work. But um, that... And and give a
0: description for folks that aren't familiar with it, how much work it is. They think, well, I just go out and I grill some things, and it's not. I mean, the the amount of meat that y'all grill for this is staggering.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, Well, and to start, even before you start thinking about that is the money factor. So we have already started, I mean, we got done in what, the end of February, 1st of March mm-hmm. from 2017. And we probably, my aunt um, really heads up the whole money part of it. And she's the one who sees most of that. But we've already started trying to get sponsors for next year. So we start, I mean, as soon as it's over, we start over. And um, there's so much involved in it as far as you have that space. But they don't give you the tent. They don't give you the chairs and the tables and And so you have to come up with all of that. So as a team, we kind of think about our plan and what our theme is gonna be. And then you have to think about when you have your sponsors, well, if you have 20 sponsors, that doesn't mean only 20 people are gonna be there. I mean, you saw how crowded it was when you came to our booth. So um, we have hundreds of people that come through there. Um, I I don't even, I can't even tell you, I, I can't even tell you how many, you know, it's just we try to keep count and, and we do for the most part, but it's in and out, in and out, in and out. So you have to think about how much are these people going to eat? Because it's not just 20 people coming. And um, so you have to you have to really kind of um, set aside how much you're going to need for everybody and really have an idea of, okay, so. Is every person gonna eat one scoop of potato salad or two slices of brisket or? Double up or what? Yeah, and so you, and you don't wanna go and make everything every night. So we usually, um, on Thursday night is usually sponsor night, so we'll usually do something really special. We'll do steaks or something like that. Um, brisket takes so long to cook and we've gotten to where we pre-cook a lot of our stuff um, that we're gonna serve. Um, so, you just really have to think about how much is everyone going to eat. And like I said, my aunt has looked into that, so she knows. Okay, well, you're supposed to allow this many pounds per person, or whatever. Um, so she has really got the handle on that, and she she does pretty well at that. Now, the last couple of years, we've well, I think every year probably we run out of food on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and I know it's just I'm glad I don't have to do that part of it. But it is, it's a lot of meat. Um, We usually, I don't know, you may go through four cases, five cases of ribs, and I I don't even know how many briskets. So, but it's all, I mean, it's a lot. It's a whole lot.
0: I can imagine that it is. Now, you mentioned just a second ago brisket, a a very popular grilling item here across the state of Texas, something that uh, if you're not from Texas or if you haven't lived here, I don't think a lot of people really have an appreciation about either A, what it is, and B, the second part to that is how to cook it. So if we've got some folks that maybe are looking to, you know, new to the area, looking to sort of expand into that, the number one rule I think that a lot of barbecue folks I talk to is is that if you dry something out, you might as well throw it out right. because you've just killed the flavor of it as well. What, what are some good brisket grilling techniques that you guys have learned and honed over the years as you've done this with cook off
1: well what the first the very first thing to remember is it's not a fast thing i mean it's going to take a while slow and steady yes um so it's not something that we get up this morning and say hey let's cook a brisket and let's have it at lunch <laughs> and it's 10 o'clock already because we're not going to do that um that you know you want to plan for that so if you're gonna put it on the grill, you wanna be sure that, of course, your seasoning is right. That's gonna be the most important. Um, but a lot of times, and, and you know, the guys do most of this, this part of it. And I've learned from talking to Billy and talking to the others about, you know, this is how, um, how you really should do it. Some people do it different. As far as Billy and I, we, we firmly believe, you know, if you're always gonna have some fat on it, and the first thing people wanna do is trim the fat off because we don't wanna eat that, right? Well, that's where you get the flavor from. So, um, Billy and I, when we cook it, though, we'll cook it the fat side up. Because if you cook it fat side up, as that fat is melting and cooking off and it's going down into the meat, so that's going to help it stay moist.
0: Versus Um, if you flip it. Right. Okay.
1: Right. And it'll still get some of that, but it's going to give a lot of flavor and if it's going down into that versus if it's just falling right off of the, the grate into the fire. So, um... And, and normally what he will do is he'll season it real good, and then he'll um, put it on there for a couple hours without being wrapped. And then after a couple hours, he'll go and he'll wrap it in foil real tight and then turn it um, that side up so that it'll cook. And just, you know, keep watching it. And um, of course, I always get in trouble because I want to go watch it, and I want to raise the lid and open it up and look at it. And I get in trouble because, well, that's letting the heat you out. You're changing the temperature, yes. right? Yes, yes, so, you know, I get in trouble for
0: that. Yeah. So. What's some of the hardest things over the years that you guys have uh, run into uh, in terms of cooking? Because if, and again, just for anyone, for a novice that's doing some grilling out there, um, you know, is temperature the thing that you really want to control the most? Is it don't put too much sauce on it that has a lot of sugars because that'll burn? Is it the choice of meat itself? Like what what are some, some pitfalls that people run into?
1: Well, I think choice has a lot to do with it. Um... Temperature, I would say, is definitely the most important. Um, you know, we've had a couple instances, just even just at home when we're when we're practicing or playing around or whatever. You know, it may rain and, and the pit starts getting wet, and you think, oh, that's no big deal. Well, yeah, it is because it it cools it down. Um, so keeping the temperature constant, um, making sure that you don't have too much fire in it, but making sure that the fire stays going. And you know, in the last couple of years, we. Um, the team, um, they, they got a new pit. And so it doesn't take as long as it did on our old pit that we had. Um, and you don't have to pay quite as much attention to the fire because it, it kind of, um, you know, it, it's more um, it's more controlled, I guess. But that, that's huge. You want to make sure that um, you've got enough wood on it and that you keep that going, keep it constant. And that's an art. And I'm going to tell you, I can't do it. I mean, you know, I, I watch those guys say, oh, yeah, we got to put more wood on there. Well, why, you know?
0: They just feel it, don't they?
1: Right, right. Yeah, and, I, and I get it. You know, I kind of watch it and, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see yeah. that.
0: So. I'm here with Dusty Norman. She is uh, one of the grilling aficionados here across <laughs> Southeast Texas, her and her husband, Billy. Uh, part of the one of the rodeo cook off team, teams, uh, there as well. Uh, let uh, folks know what's your team name. You.
1: Our team name is Saddle Tramps.
0: The Saddle Tramps, and that's right.
1: Yes. yes, and that was, um, as I said, it was a team that um belonged to my uncle's brother. And um, when he passed away, um, Stephen decided to that he wanted to carry on that name, and that's why, um, you know, we've had people ask us, Well, why don't you change the name? You know, why don't we? And and we don't want to because that was that was the name Tradition. that Cleo had for yeah. it, and sure. so we've just kept that. I
0: think mean, it's a great name as well. Okay, so here's the other question then. So a, a lot of, given that Houston's a fairly urban area, not everybody can have a big fire pit in their yard. Uh, and I know that that in some grilling circles, uh, the, the word "gas" is is, is a four letter word, mm. even though it's only three. Right. Because um, the you know tried and true's are. Gotta be wood. Gotta be charcoal. Gotta be mesquite. Whatever. Something you can kind of control the temperature of. Uh, but what are some what are some advice you would give to someone that, that maybe is is in a high rise listening to this and they've got that little grill or maybe even a little hibachi out on the patio there um, if they're running into troubles or, or want to try brisket on their own. Uh, obviously, don't have the ability to do it on a big pit, um, but you still think that you can. I would assume there's some modifications you have to make to that, then.
1: There are. Um, and and I'm going to tell you a secret. I have a gas grill in my backyard Uh-oh. by my pool. Oh, don't tell anyone. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Um, but we also have, um, and that's that's the mom thing. You mm-hmm. know, I, that's because I do dinner, um, I'll cook on the gas grill, especially during the summer because it doesn't heat my house up. Yeah. Um, but just this year, Billy has purchased um, a pellet smoker, and it's a little smaller. Um, certainly, you could buy one small enough that could fit on a balcony in a high rise, or well, obviously, depending on the size of the balcony. Right. Um, but it doesn't take the charcoal, it takes a special kind of little pellet, and then you don't have to replace it every single time you use it. The pellets will last for some amount of time. Um, and so, that's a better thing. You want to use more of a smoker. You can't, I mean, I don't think, you're going to waste a lot of gas cooking a brisket on a gas grill. Um, I mean, I I don't think, I I can remember one time years ago, I told Billy I wanted to cook some ribs, and I was going to do it on the gas grill, and he laughed at me. (laughs) So, um, I ended up cooking them in the oven that time. So, you know, um, but definitely the pellet smokers are a good good alternative. They're a, um, a lot less messy than the charcoal. You don't have... and and you don't have a whole lot of the smoke. Um, We've got it sitting right out by the gas grill beside the house, you know, got it covered up nice and neat, but it's small. So So um, we have
0: more control over it. mm -hmm.
1: Yes. So um, that's a good alternative. I mean, that's about the best I can offer. Um, I wouldn't suggest, we've never done it on a little smoky. I mean, uh, probably because the ones that we're going to do. We're not going to buy little. We're going to buy big. We're going to get
0: big, sure. Absolutely. So, yeah.
1: um, but that's probably the best alternative.
0: Not a bad idea. We're here with Dusty Norman. She is a member of the Saddle Traps. They are one of the barbecue cook-off teams for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Uh, Dusty, if people are interested in helping out with the team or just kind of want to you know, uh, check out more about what you guys do or advice or if they have anything uh, where can they find it where can they find you is Facebook a good uh, spot for that
1: we do have a Facebook page um, and you just have to I think if you just search saddle tramp's cooking team um, you can go and like our page and follow it and you'll see we'll we'll make posts we don't make a whole lot during the year but as it gets closer to cook off we'll put posts on there and we'll look for um, especially when we're looking for sponsors or whatever and we'll do um, live videos from cook-off a lot of times so that you can see kinda what's going on and you know whether it's something that you'd want to do and um, as far as joining our party um, that's pretty, we pretty much just do for our sponsors and then our sponsors get tickets to give out to their clients or their customers or whatever so the thing about Houston Cookoff is there's not many booths, and, and you probably know this, I mean you're welcomed into all of them, I'm sure, but um, you don't just walk up to a booth and walk in. Um,
0: Which is an important point for folks that have never been there before. It's right. it's more of a uh, club.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it. like a private party. Most, and a lot of people will actually put that sign outside private party. Um, so you know we'll have the team members will invite friends or whatever and we'll do that another important thing to remember is that um, after a certain time at night no one under 21 is allowed in the booths they can be out walking around but they're they're not allowed in the booths and that's not a team you know that's not a team rule that's a a Houston that's a Houston rule so we um, you know you have to keep that in mind but as far as coming and seeing what it's all about, I guess the best time of day probably to do that would be during the day. Because I know during the day, we'll be sitting around, cleaning up, getting ready for that night or whatever. And if somebody walks up and says, hey, can we look inside your booth? Well, absolutely. Come on in. But when we're almost at capacity, yeah. we don't start letting people in at night. Yeah. You know, just we kind have... of see
0: how the sausage is made during the day there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And
1: sometimes we'll have stuff set out and they can try it or whatever. and um, And we don't mind doing that. But
0: what are some new anything new or any new recipes that you and Billy are thinking about trying this summer? Any, any, any non-secrets that you, that you don't want to give away for, for next year's uh, competition, uh, but uh, something that's, that's kind of caught your eye for this summer that maybe folks are, are getting into grilling that, that m- might be you know the, the new thing for summer 2017 here? Yeah.
1: Well, I know um, at the lease this past year season they um the guys all put together they got some real thin sliced um like sirloin steak or something it was real thin sliced and they put cream cheese in it and put jalapenos in it and then wrapped it up and made little wraps and those wow. were amazing. They are like the best.
0: They sound amazing.
1: They are really good. Um, so we, of course, we try to do stuff like that all the time at home, just, you know, just to think about how we can do it. And then, of course, we're always trying to perfect things, make it better. And Billy is all about right now, he's wanting to figure out how to cook chicken, you know, how how are we going to do this and really make it good? Because you taste your own and you're like, oh my gosh, that's the best ever. It's going to win. And then, you know, you don't even make the top 10 table. So, um, Just things like that, you know, just little things. I know one of our team members, he um, is always coming up with good stuff. And one time we took a pork loin and split it in half and put the cream cheese and jalapenos and then wrapped it all in bacon and put it on there. And um, just as a little side note, that's really good in the oven, too. So in the wintertime, it's awesome.
0: That's good to know.
1: So just um, really, you know, we just are always looking to perfect what we've done. So
0: Maybe just get out and experiment with what you have this summer. Yep. Oh, Absolutely. that great. Dusty, thanks for joining me today so Thank far. you so much. We will make sure to have uh, Dusty and Billy back when we get a little closer to cook-off time, which, as she uh, previously mentioned, is the end of February, early March. Always a very uh, interesting time of year weather-wise. You never know what you'll get at uh, cook-off right. around here. That's for sure. We've <laughs> had warm. We've had 35 degrees. That's right. At the time That's here right. as well. So, again, if you are uh, more interested, or interested, I should say, And Dusty and her team or maybe just kind of uh, getting in contact with them are you're thinking about starting your own team or something similar to that. Go ahead and uh, hit them up, Saddle Tramps. They are on Facebook. Otherwise, if you want more information about not only cooking techniques but uh, some of the other podcasts we do here, all you got to do is head to the Google Store or the Android app, and you can go to clickthouston.com. We've got links there as well. All right, I'm Justin Stapleton. I'm here with Dusty. We're getting hungry. We're going to get out of here. So we'll see everybody next time. Yeah.